Welcome to our Bible class this morning, or at whatever time you may be viewing or listening. In Philippians chapter 2, we're going to continue at verse 16, working toward the end of this chapter. More about right attitude as expressed in our conduct before God and man. Philippians 2, 16 through 30. I will need to deal with verse 16 Time didn't permit us to get that far last time. From verse 16, we will move toward the end of Philippians chapter 2. Philippians 2, 16 through 30. Hold firm to the word of life, and then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interest, not for those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son, with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things will go with me. And I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. But I think it necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died, but God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again, you may be glad and I may have less anxiety. So then welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honor people like him because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help you yourselves could not give. Verse 16 calls upon the Christians in Philippi to hold firmly to the word of life, to Jesus and his teaching given through the apostles. It would enable Paul to know that he had not labored in vain. Continuing at verse 17, to the end of the chapter, we have this rich opportunity to become better acquainted with three good men, Paul, Timothy, and Epaphroditus. All three are Christians. All three worked together. All three were involved together serving the saints at Philippi. All three lived out the cause of Christ under great pressure and accompanied by great sacrifice. Paul, Timothy, and Epaphroditus. And I want to make the observation that the unselfish humility that we studied in verses 1 through 4 
the mindset of Jesus expressing that humility in verses 5 to 11, and the exhortations from verses 12 to 16, all of that found further expression in the lives of these three men, Paul, Timothy, and Epaphroditus. We begin with Paul, who in verse 17 says, even if I am being poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. The essence of this is, whatever happens to me, if you benefited, I'm okay with that. I'm happy. Now that's unselfish humility as described by Paul in the beginning of this chapter letting nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, esteeming others better than yourself. Paul had that attitude. His viewpoint was, and you see it all the way back in chapter 1, whatever happens to me, even if I die for the cause of Christ, if my friends in Philippi are benefited, I'm happy. I'm okay with that. He uses an allegory taken from a part of the Jewish sacrificial system. It involved a liquid being poured out on an altar as a sacrifice to God. That outpouring becomes in this passage a picture of martyrdom. Paul faced the reality that he might be put to death. He faced that with confidence knowing that his work in Christ benefited the saints at Philippi he was writing to. In a translation called the New Testament in plain English, it is expressed this way, even if it is true that I am poured out like a drink offering for the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad. Do you see there was a calm, mature acceptance Paul had about any suffering in his future, even imminent death. One part of that acceptance or confidence was his work benefited the saints at Philippi. Paul's confidence and trust was connected to the good God enabled him to do for people. This is the spirit of sacrifice that should compel us to accept suffering. When we're doing right and when people are helped in ways that please God, we should be willing to endure difficulty when it is clear that we're doing right, doing what God expects, we're serving Christ and we're contributing to the edification and encouragement and instruction of the saints. Paul's lifeblood was shed. It was to be shed, but he said, I am glad and rejoice with you all. That's an attitude of unselfish humility. Paul wrote about that earlier in the chapter. It was a fixed part of who he was, and he recommended this outlook to his friends at Philippi. Verse 18, for the same reason, 
you also be glad and rejoice with me. Paul considered it a privilege to suffer for righteousness' sake. He recommended that the saints at Philippi adopt that same outlook, and we should as well. In verses 17 and 18, we were focused on Paul and his attitude of unselfish humility. Now, we're going to see the same thing. We're going to see the same thing about Timothy in chapter 2, verses 19 through 24. That's next. All right, Philippians 2, 19 through 24. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, so that I too may be cheered by news of you. For I have no one like him who will genuinely be concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father, he has served with me in the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me. And I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will come also. Paul considered it a privilege to have a friend like Timothy. They met at Lystra during Paul's first missionary trip. He accompanied Paul part of the time during his second missionary journey. Timothy worked as an evangelist at Corinth, at Ephesus, and did some work at Philippi, apparently. Here in Philippians 2.19, Paul says he wanted to send Timothy to the saints at Philippi. He wanted Timothy to see how they were doing and report back to Paul. Remember, Timothy was with Paul in Rome when Paul wrote this letter. Paul describes Timothy with these words, I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. Literally from the Greek, I'm told, the phrase would read this way, no one of equal soul. Timothy had become such a dependable co-worker and friend. Paul didn't know of anyone like him. It is refreshing to have friends who are so valuable and precious. You can say about them, you don't know anyone like them. This was Paul's regard for Timothy. And Paul said, he will sincerely care for your state. You just don't want a preacher who doesn't care about people. A man may be eloquent, educated, easy to listen to, and efficient in his work, but if he doesn't sincerely care for people, he will not be effective. Paul says of Timothy, this is New King James now, for all seek their own, not the things of Christ Jesus. But you know his proven character, that as a son with his father, he served with me in the gospel. Paul reflects on the common selfishness of people. 
for all seek their own, not the things of Christ Jesus. This might be tied to what Paul observed earlier back in chapter 1 about those who preach from selfish ambition and not sincerely. Timothy was not in that class. He really cared for people, and he was heartily devoted to the things of Jesus Christ. And the Christians at Philippi knew this about Timothy. You know, even those who may be introduced to you as a good person, you may have good recommendations and good expectations. There is nothing like personal experience with someone over time. The Christians at Philippi knew Timothy personally. Paul's intention was to send this good man to Philippi, trusting that he himself could come shortly. And that's what this is all about. From verse 17 down through verse 24, the chapter begins with a description of good, right attitude, unselfish humility. And you see that in Paul, and you see that in Timothy from verse 17 down through verse 24. Jesus being the perfect illustration of this attitude of unselfish humility. Paul had it. Timothy had it. They were following the example of Christ. What are you seeing here about yourself? What am I seeing as I look at myself? Continuing, yet one more part of this passage from 25 down through 30. We're in Philippians 2, 25 down through 30. I have thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier and your messenger and minister to my need. For he has been longing for you all and has been distressed because you heard that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill near to death, but God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but also on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I am the more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again, and that I may be less anxious. So receive him in the Lord with all joy and honor such men, for he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. The name Epaphroditus was common in the Greek-speaking world, but the way this man lived his life was not common. Here is a man who is mentioned only in this epistle, but we can learn so much about him. And just in these few verses, we can learn so much about him. Would you consider what is said about him by Paul? He calls him my brother. Paul knew him as a brother in the Lord, a member of the same family, fellow worker. He was active 
working in the same interest as Paul, fellow soldier enlisted in the Lord's army alongside Paul. Your messenger, he said, sent out by the church at Philippi to deliver help to Paul. And then he said, the one who ministered to my need. Five phrases well describe this man who was also one who exhibited what? Unselfish humility. He had the heart of a servant willing to be sent, to carry messages, to put his life at risk, ready to sacrifice, Epaphroditus. Concerning this man's health, let me ask you, generally speaking, when you are sick, what are you concerned about? Getting well. When I'm sick, I admit I'm concerned about me. I don't feel good. I want people to help me. I want the doctor to send me a prescription. I want the pharmacist to fill it. I want my wife to bring me food and stuff and make me feel better. Isn't this generally true of us? When we are sick, it often turns us to self-focus. When Epaphroditus was sick, what was he concerned about? His brethren in Philippi being concerned about him. Verse 26, he was longing for you all and was distressed because you had heard that he was sick. Now, what does this show that we've been talking about? Unselfish humility. Verse 27, indeed, he was ill near to death, but God had mercy on him and not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. And if you have the NIV, indeed he was ill and almost died, but God had mercy on him and not on him only, but also in me to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. This was no casual everyday illness where you just say, well, I'm not feeling good today. He almost died. It says sick almost unto death, but God had mercy on him. Let me make an observation here. While the apostles had the ability to heal, it was not for personal health benefit. I'm talking about miraculous healing that was instant and obvious. Contrary to the claims of many today, the ability to heal was limited in time, limited to certain people, and it was not for personal health purposes. Paul was sick. Timothy was sick. Epaphroditus almost died. But these details are not in the forefront of Paul's mind here. His concern is to convey to the Philippians what the situation is with their messenger, their brother, Epaphroditus. And you understand, Paul is probably saying things Epaphroditus wasn't anxious to talk about. We believe Epaphroditus delivered this epistle to the Philippians. He was not the kind of man who would come in and talk about himself. So Paul's concern here is 
to convey to the saints at Philippi the recent events concerning their brother. Unselfish humility, perfectly illustrated by Jesus Christ, reflected in the lives of Paul and Timothy and Epaphroditus, and it should be at the very core of our character. Verses 28 to 30. 28 to 30. I am the more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again, and that I may be less anxious. So receive him in the Lord with all joy and honor such men, for he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. Once again, we see in these verses, we see in these verses the care these people had for one another. The warm, close relationship they had with one another being one in Christ. The rejoicing when they would be re reunited. The receiving of a brother who had been away and been ill and receiving him with gladness. And then it says, holding such men in high esteem. Honor them. We worship God and follow Christ, and we ought not to think of men more highly than is proper and right, but there's something to be said for holding good, faithful men in esteem. There ought to be an inclination within each of us to hold in high esteem active disciples who consistently demonstrate humility and service in the cause of Christ. And it says then in verse 30, because for the work of Christ, he came close to death, not regarding his life to supply what was lacking in your service toward me. It must not escape our notice that this man risked his very life for the work of Christ. He wasn't ashamed of the gospel wasn't ashamed to own the Lord and defend his cause. Here is a man who valued the cause of Christ above his own life because for the work of Christ, he came close to death, not regarding his life to supply what was lacking in your service toward me, Paul said. Paul wrote, Epaphroditus, a good man, Timothy, Paul, all following the example of Christ and exhibiting unselfish humility. There's great value in the personal examples given in the Bible. I've said to you before on these broadcasts and in these recordings, not only does God give us principle, he gives us people. The narratives of real people and how they responded to God, that's of great value for us today. One common element of character in Jesus, Paul, Timothy, 
Timothy, Epaphroditus, their genuine care for people. That was a product of their genuine reverence for God. Let me say that again. One common element of character in Jesus, Paul, Timothy, Epaphroditus, their genuine care for people, that was a product of their genuine reverence for Christ. I need to ask myself, would I die for the work of Christ? Would you die for the work of Christ? Our next study will be posted on YouTube and on our website August 12, and it will be about Philippians 3, verses 1 through 11. Thank you for listening.